Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. Welcome back, Code listeners. Dr. Andrew Fix here with Physio Room, bringing you another episode. Today on this show, we're going to return back to talk to Dr. James Stetson. He was on this show a few episodes ago. Um, He's a doctor of chiropractic, sports performance chiropractor with our team here at Physio Room in Denver. And uh, what we're going to talk about today is all things CrossFit Open. So thanks for coming back to the show, James. Absolutely. Really hard to go one room over. You know, you know, we uh, <laughs> try to make it convenient for our guests here on the code. Um, so what I want you to do for the listeners who maybe haven't heard the last episode that you were on is just give a brief background of yourself again. Uh, so I, like Andrew said, I'm a chiropractor uh, here at <coughs> Physio Room. I came here through Kansas City. I went to undergrad at the University of Arkansas and chiropractic school at Cleveland Chiropractic. Made my way out here to Denver in 2020, and I've been here ever since. Um, since we're talking CrossFit Open, I have been a competitive athlete since about 2015. Uh, made regionals on a team in 2016 in the Central, and then made the games last year in 2021 with Backcountry CrossFit <laughs> here in Littleton. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, with your CrossFit experience, that's exactly what... We want to talk to you about today. Um, you know, if you're into CrossFit, you know that the CrossFit Open is coming out here next week. Um, as of the recording of this, we're sitting here on February 18th. CrossFit Open is less than a week away uh, when the first workout drops. And having not ever participated in CrossFit myself, and we may have some listeners who have not participated in CrossFit themselves, sure. or maybe they don't even know people that do it. Can you give the listeners and, and even me just a rundown of like what exactly the CrossFit Open is. And, you know, my understanding is it runs every year, but like, what is the CrossFit Open? What's the purpose of it? What's the sort of structure of it? And um, what can people expect if they are interested in participating in the CrossFit Open? Sure. So the Open has, and I'm going to try and touch on all your points there, but multiple purposes for one. So we'll kind of talk about those here in a second, but the Open itself is a three-week online competition. Each individual does their own workouts, either in an affiliate, in their garage gym, um, submitting videos for judging purposes, or this year they have a new option of just having a certified judge judge your workout, and that's going to count for uh, accreditation, if you will, on your score. You post your score to an online leaderboard if you so choose. You can obviously do the open workouts without posting scores to the leaderboard, but it's it's three weeks. The purpose for one is to build community within the CrossFit community, uh, allow a lot of people across the world to do the same workouts together, kind of go through the same shared suffering experience and laugh about it and enjoy, uh, you know, talking about the things they did well, the things that did poorly and just funny moments that happen. Uh, but for some of us, the competitive <clears throat> side of things, it's the first step in the CrossFit game season. So you have to make the top 10% individually this year to move on to quarterfinals. Okay. And so it's, it's step one of a four step process to ultimately try to qualify for the CrossFit games. 
Sounds simple enough. Simple enough. <laughs> the structure is simple <laughs> enough. Qualifying for the CrossFit Games, uh, a whole nother animal. Um, now, something that you said, you know, like one of the main purposes is to build community mm-hmm. within the CrossFit, you know, arena. Big time. And we just had uh, Tristan Mitchell, owner of Lions Den, the gym we're sitting in recording this episode, sort of mentioned the same thing about, you know, when people are here in the gym doing hard things together, it, it creates that shared suffering. You know, you're doing hard stuff, you're pushing your body and you form a bond with the people around you. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're talking about. People will be forming a bond with the community they're around doing these workouts. Oh yeah. And for most, most people doing the open, especially those with experience of what the open is, what it feels like there's some of the, not necessarily most difficult workouts that you do, but a lot of people put a lot of themselves into those workouts. So you're, you're going at a slightly different intensity than you would within like a CrossFit class or your own training. And that suffering piece, especially at the end, a lot of people are going to, you know, be, and in those workouts on their back, yeah. asking for air. Worn out. 15 minutes later, you're talking about how, you know, you almost failed that thruster or how bad your quads hurt. And you try to do that box jump and your legs almost gave out on you and how close you came to, you know, cracking a shin open, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> if you've not uh, busted a shin open, doing a box jump in your life, let me tell you, you, you've never lived you guys. Um, and don't try it. <laughs> don't try it at all. Oh, I've had a, I've had a couple of those and, um, the scars on the shins make you never forget them. That's for sure. It's a good time. And the <laughs> stitches too, if you Oof. get so lucky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, so you said these workouts, you know, the workout itself may not be the most intense thing, but the effort that the competitors put into it is going to be intense. Uh, sure. Even even if they, you know, they feel confident about how they're going to perform going into it, they still don't leave anything uh, on the table, it sounds like. So knowing that you said this is three weeks long, is that correct? Correct. So knowing that you have a three week, um, you know, you're going to have multiple workouts at a high intensity to complete over the course of these, these few weeks what would, you know, one of your suggestions be, or, you know, what is, has been your process over the past several years, like how you prepare yourself both mentally and physically for going through this little less than a month long process? Yeah. So, uh, to clarify, it's, it's one workout per week. Mm -hmm. That workout can have multiple scores. For example, last year, the third week had a part one and a part two. So two different scores, one time frame, one clock for the workout. Um, but Similar to what the purpose of the open is, it's different for those in different situations. For some of us, the open is the biggest competition of the year. For others in the competitive side of things, you're you're looking beyond the open realistically. Mm-hmm. You don't want to obviously mess up those open workouts, but typically you're still training throughout that week. Nothing right. really changes. You just do the open workout as part of one of your training days. But um, for most Typically it's that one class on Fridays that they do the open workout mm-hmm. and then they are for some very sore that next day. And so they'll take a day off, yep. um, an active recovery day, something like that, uh, which is typically probably my recommendation for a majority of people mm-hmm. is to try to move a little bit that second day. But, um, some of us are training that very next day or even training right after doing the open workout. So it, it depends, <clears throat> um, but I would say the mental side of things is probably the most challenging because there is open anxiety towards those workouts. You do want to do your best regardless of what level you're at. And there is a worldwide leaderboard that you are tracking yourself on, your mm-hmm. friends are tracking you, and you can compete against people across 
countries and you know your friend who moved to london seven years ago you guys can do the same workouts and compare scores yeah um you never want to lose to your friend that uh, moved to london seven years ago right and his fish and chips is just way better than yours so. <laughs> so yeah so one one workout a week for three weeks and of course um you know everybody's goal or everybody's uh physical fitness level that that does this is going to be a little bit different like you said some people yeah. are fully expecting based on their training and their experience that their goal is to make it to the CrossFit games, perhaps to perform really, really well at the CrossFit games. Other people may know uh, I'm not, I'm not going to the CrossFit games, but I'm still going to work my tail off in these open workouts. Um, so knowing that you need to be able to come back that next week, hopefully get some training days in, in between those workouts oh, yeah. and then perform at a high level again, the next week, just like, you know, maybe a, maybe a professional athlete would do where they a football player has a game once a week or basketball hockey has multiple games a week. What are some of your like recovery strategies? You, you had mentioned a active recovery day as a recommendation after one of the workouts. What are some other of your recovery strategy recommendations for those like five or six days in between being ready to go for the next stage of the open workout? Yeah. So great question. Um, and I'll answer it kind of in two parts. One, I would say my biggest recovery suggestion is a good warm up. So a preemptive move in order to make sure that things are firing properly. Um, you're not fighting through tightness when you get into, you know, those full depth squats that you haven't done in a week or something like that. Um, and then a good cool down at the end as well. Mm -hmm. Typically speaking, you know, most of the places that you're doing the CrossFit open workouts, you have a bike, you have a row or something you can just like pedal on or slow pull for about five minutes, just get some flushing going on, mm -hmm. uh, move some of those fluids that we've built up some of that lactic acid. But the other thing that I would say is, and we've kind of been talking about this a little bit, those three weeks for some people are the most intense weeks of their CrossFit year. Um, and what can sometimes happen is our capacity doesn't meet the load requirements that we you know, force ourselves into and the intensity level that we build. So uh, we get nagging injuries and stuff. And so um, shameless plug, I, I think it's good to have somebody that does a little bit of body work for you uh, in yeah. between those five, five, six days in between those open workouts, sometimes more if, you know, things just aren't really, you know, loosening back up. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And it sounds a little counterintuitive to initially hear you say, I mean, I totally agree with you that um, one of your best recovery tips is to warm up. So warm up. something that, you know, recovery people usually think of happens after the workout. You're talking about a warm up that you actually do prior to so that you're able to perform more efficiently and potentially not be as sore or injury prone during the workout or post workout. Yeah. So that makes good sense to me. And then yeah, I mean what what type of athlete that's pushing themselves at a really high level wouldn't benefit or enjoy having a massage or an adjustment or we'll some try needling. dry needling or yep. something that's, yeah, something that's going to help you just kind of like flush the system out, get ready for the next one. Uh, I think that's something that most, if not all high level athletes participate in probably on a weekly basis. Um, so that makes, that makes good sense to me. Yeah. And you know, here at physio room, we have our three R's and we, you know, reset during those five to six days before we reload for the next week. Yeah. Yeah. Reset, restore, reload. So Tell me how long again have you been participating in CrossFit? How many years? So this will be my eighth open. Eighth. I got him. I actually got an email about that this weekend or this morning. Congratulations. Uh, eight yeah, years. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eight years of pushing yourself. Um, 
So I don't know if this happens to you, um, the eighth time going through it, but I know for myself, you know, if I'm going to participate in a race or in some type of competition event, I always have, I don't know if anxiety is the right word for me. I guess it's more just like excitement and anticipation leading up to it. And I know sometimes it's tough for me to get a good night's sleep, the one or two nights leading up to that thing, because I'm just chomping at the bit, ready for whatever it is, a race or something coming up. How have you kind of battled that situation? So for me, I don't necessarily get the night before jitters, Mm -hmm. if you want to call them that. I, I get them before the workout. So leading up, you know, once I start to plan my day out around getting into that workout, Mm -hmm. that is kind of when it starts for me. And, you know, you build that little bit of anxiety and you, you know, you visualize going through the workout for the most part and you know how it's going to feel once you've been doing it for as long as I have, you kind of have a pretty good idea of what the time domains are going to look like, what, you know, your muscles are going to feel like. Mm -hmm. And that part is probably the most challenging for me, but it also depends personally on what is riding on that workout. So last year, for example, qualifying or trying to qualify for the games, the open workouts weren't necessarily that big of a deal for me. I was still coming off an injury. Um, so my performances were a little bit lower than what I would typically hold myself to. Mm -hmm. But I also knew that we had to be in like, I think last year was the top 50%. So they changed it a little bit going into this year. But yeah. Once we got to quarterfinals, when it was actually like weighted more heavily, it mattered a whole lot more being on a team. I have to do my very best for my other three athletes sure. and that holds a lot of weight. So, um, I do a lot of like breathing work right before the workout. So every time there's like a 10 second countdown on mm-hmm. the clock before you go, I am always, if you like take a moment to notice me, I'll like close my eyes and just take a nice deep breath, let it all out and go. And once, once you go, mine's clear. I don't even know what song's playing. Like, yeah, it's just about the work and the, the plan you have going in. And sometimes like Mike Tyson, you're going to get punched in the face and you have to adapt, but that's where the experience comes in. Yeah. There's sometimes things you just can't control and you just got to see how you respond to it. Um, you know, my, hearing you talk about that kind of reminds me or takes me back to my high school and college, um, you know, track days of you were on a four person team going like to the CrossFit events and to the CrossFit games. And then, you know, I was on a relay team in track. Right. And sort of the same mindset of what you're talking about is like, you know, I want to perform well in my leg of this race, but it's not because I want to perform well for myself. I want to perform well, to support my teammates. Cause I know they're going to be given their best effort. And like you just said, you take a, take a moment beforehand, kind of calm yourself down, take some breathing, um, breathing moments over the course of my high school through my senior year of college. Um, that was a transition that I got a little bit better at. So I used to get jacked up before, before these races and I'd be jumping around and doing this intense warm up and doing like eight accelerations before I go run this 400. And people would always ask me like, Andrew, aren't you like wearing yourself out before the actual race? And, um, so I started to kind of take some of that to heart. And then what ended up happening was I basically through help of coaches and other teammates and stuff, I learned to like keep myself a little bit more calm and downregulated though still warm up adequately. And once you know, it ran faster 
as a result of that, because I was just like mentally a little bit more focused and not quite as jazzed up. Same thing before football games. You know, I wasn't getting all jazzed up. I was trying to be the, you know, the more calm, cool and collected person for my underclassmen uh, teammates. So yeah, it's, it's kind of the same thing, but that's my like team experience. Um, and then hearing you talk about the, you know, if you're training through an event like this, training through the CrossFit Open, we work with a lot of CrossFit athletes at uh, Physio Room. So, you know, a lot of them are going to be doing the same thing. We also work with a lot of runners and the same thing happens with races. Oh yeah. Right. Where someone's got an A race on the schedule, something that they're really training for. Maybe it's the New York City Marathon or Boston or Chicago or whatever that might be, or a 10K. And they have other races on the schedule in the preceding months leading up to that but they're not quite as concerned with how they perform during that. It's, it's a workout. Um, so the word that came to mind when, while you were talking was like, it depends what expectations you have for yourself during that particular event. Yes. And that's what determines the pressure or the anxiety yep. that you have going into it. What yep. expectations do you have? So yeah, all that makes sense. I would say that you don't want to be super relaxed going into any of them, even if you're ultimately supremely confident, like there is, there is a little bit of benefit to having a little bit of that like butterfly feeling a little bit of that anxiety. Like it means, it means something to you. And I, I think that if you're going into, you know, a workout that you just don't care about how things go, then we're probably in the wrong place to start with. Yeah. 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 You, you gotta have some, uh, some care, right. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be, be a little bit concerned of like, Hey, you want to perform well, otherwise, you probably shouldn't be doing it in the first place if it right. doesn't really matter to you. Yep. Um, but you probably wouldn't be doing it if it if it didn't matter. Also you probably true. wouldn't have registered for it. Also true. So so now that you you know you've been doing it, this is going to be your eighth year, and then you've been actively treating clients for a few of those years. What um, you know as a provider now, not as an athlete, but as a provider who treats individuals who participate in CrossFit, what types of um, what types of tips or I guess maybe tips is not the right term. What types of things do you tend to see people come out of these open workouts with, like Lou said, some nagging injuries? Mm-hmm. What types of things tend to be nagging from these types of things, these types of training workouts? So typically it's a lot of muscle soreness just from, again, overloading just mm-hmm. a little bit. And that's unfortunately just a function of competition. That's yeah. just how it kind of goes. But Typically speaking, uh, a lot of low backs would probably be number one, shoulders, number two, and then maybe some knees, number three. But typically speaking, those are from slightly off movement patterns where you're just, for example, in, I think it was 2016, 2015, 2017. I don't remember. There one was of a, one of those in the mid 20 um, teens. I want to say 2017. I feel pretty confident on 2017, 17.1. Uh, it was a bunch of dumbbell snatch and burpee box jump overs. And it was the first time that a dumbbell snatch really had been programmed on a broad sense. It was the year of the dumbbell. So there was no barbells actually that year through regionals. And a lot of people did not know how to dumbbell snatch with efficiency. So there was Mm. a lot of just bend and snap at the hips. Yeah. And that, bend and like flexion of the lumbar spine right blew people extension up. just blew Woo. people up and the people that did best were obviously the <clears> fittest <throat> however the people who did really really well were those that 
could figure out how to efficiently dumbbell snatch with good mechanics, a nice, you know, neutral spine throughout that entire movement. Yeah. Um, and it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. No matter what the competition is, your movement patterns are more efficient. You're usually going to one perform better Two, You're going to feel better during and after it. So, um, so you mentioned that the, the open in these couple of weeks for a lot of people that aren't going to be moving on to regionals and, and larger competitions qualifying for the games. This is like their, this is it. This is the main like big time event that they're training for on the calendar. Um, so how do you, how have you seen, at least in, in your own training or some of your teammates that you've competed with closely, how do you change your, you know, like your nutrition strategies from normal training to what you do during, like during the day of, or during the week of the competition? Do you do any major overhauls there? I personally don't, uh, but I have the same nutritional thoughts even on like rest days, for example, some people change their, you know, nutrition for rest days. Mm-hmm. I really don't. For me, typically speaking, I'm doing the open workouts in the afternoon, evening. And so I have eaten by that point in time. Sometimes I'll train fasted just because I don't like to eat in the mornings all the time. Yep. So <clears throat> ultimately I like to be a little bit fed. I like to have something in my system, a sure. little bit of glycogen that I've built up. Um, and more than anything, hydration is probably key. Mm-hmm. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you saw that yesterday, a couple of days ago, I posted a picture from um, a training camp that I was at last weekend and doing some element. Um, some I had electrolytes. Yep, I do it every day. Um, but making sure that you're hydrated, you know, you're not going to cramp up during the workout, stuff like that is, right. is probably more important, I would say, than the food itself. Yeah, and that's, that's what I was curious if you were going to say. Um, I know that's one of the things that I always try to do pre-race or pre a, a big workout that I'm like very not I don't know, concerned about very much looking forward to performing well is the several days before I'm making sure I have my hydration dialed in. If for some reason I haven't been hitting a, uh, a fluid number that I was, you know, wanting to hit or making sure I'm pumping a little bit more sodium, potassium, magnesium in, in those few days leading up to the event. Yep. Because if you wait until the day of the event, it's a little bit too late to well, do that. And if you like, you've seen the office, don't go pounding fettuccine Alfredo in the back alley <laughs> 10 minutes before, you know, your event. <laughs> you know, contrary to popular belief, um, I, I came across that a little bit this weekend. Um, just this topic of like carb loading, right. Yep. yep. And, uh, one, you, you can't really carb load right before the workout. You do, you do need some carbohydrates in your system. If you want some, some quick energy to be able to utilize, that's absolutely true. I'm not telling you don't eat carbs, but, um, you know, for the case of like that office episode you were talking about, I believe they were running a 5k. Um, you don't need to carb load for a 5k. Um, that's, uh, that's not quite, uh, quite going to work for you. And I would say for the most part, you don't really want to carb load at all. You you want to build your carb number over the course of weeks and months right. leading up, uh, not necessarily like two nights before mm-hmm. and a bunch of pasta or rice or whatever you choose. Like that's yeah. typically not going to go very well. Yeah. And I remember that was one of the things that, um, you know, at some point in time, everybody finds themselves in a situation where you don't know what you don't know. And, um, what until I didn't know. know. Yeah. Until you find <laughs> out, then you, then you know, and, uh, usually you end up learning something, but, what I ended up finding out as uh, you know, I made my way through college and after college and learned more about nutrition is all of the carb loading that um, I was 
kind of suggested to do when I was in high school before track meets and things um, probably wasn't necessary and potentially actually hindered my performance more yes. than it helped my performance, especially with the events that I was running being more anaerobically taxing as opposed to aerobically taxing. You know, I was running 800 meters and less. Mm -hmm. um, I don't need to eat a two plates of pasta like I did when I was uh, <laughs> 16 years old um, to, to be able to run those events. So, you know, yeah. you live and you learn. You live and you learn. So, okay. So as we like move towards wrapping, um, getting ready for the open, wrapping this episode up, what would your, you know, what would your recommendation be for a first time CrossFit open participant, someone who just recently got into CrossFit, maybe a handful of months ago within the last year. And this is the first time that they had the opportunity to do their first open workout. Thinking back to the first time you did it eight years ago, what kind of message would you give that person? Uh, that was a scary thought <laughs> the first time I did it. Um, I didn't have double unders back then. And the first workout was double unders and power snatches. So that was a really nice Ooh. awakening. Um, <laughs> my probably biggest piece of advice would be to lean on your coaches. If you have them or those that have a pretty big amount of experience, not simply in the open itself, but probably in competition in general um, and leaning on their thoughts, tips, tricks, I know there's a bunch of programming services that put out, you know, warmups and strategy things. And I know that actually we here at Physio Room are going to do the same thing as well, doing some warm-up stuff, not necessarily strategy tips and tricks, but um, definitely some activations, things that, you know, are our bread and butter. But lean on, lean on those that know kind of what is coming yeah. and how to handle each day. Um, don't necessarily just jump right in and think everything's going to go fantastically. Um, and like we just said, you know, live and learn, take mm -hmm. that experience and use it going into next year. And, you know, you might surprise yourself. Yeah. I think um, like you just alluded to something like don't necessarily expect for everything to go perfectly smooth. Um, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways that I've had with sport or competition type of situations is like, just know in the back of your head that there's a, likelihood that something's not going to go according to plan and that's okay. It's, mm -hmm. it's going to happen. And just like not let that rattle you can go a long way because if it does, then maybe it trashes your mental state for the rest of the entire workout or maybe even next week's workout. Um, cause you just can't get past that thing that happened, you know, that snatch didn't go the way I wanted it to or, or whatever. Um, or I was really hoping they didn't have this exercise in this workout, but they did. Usually it's going to be in there. If you yeah. Know. If yeah. there's one that you want to avoid, it's probably going to show up. Yeah. So, so I, I like that. And you mentioned visualizing. So like, you know, if the workouts come out on Thursdays, is that right? Yeah. So, you know, once you find out what that workout is, kind of picture that in your mind before you go do it. Um, you mentioned you like to work out in the afternoon part of the day. I'm kind of the same way. Um, I like to get, get a little food in my belly too. Mm -hmm. um, so Eighth time through, where are you going to be doing your uh, CrossFit Open workouts this year? Uh, great question. Uh, before I answer that, just real quick, back to the last one. Yeah. The, the other last like little piece of advice that I would throw out there is if you've never done the Open before, this is your very first time and you have high expectations of yourself, mm -hmm. maybe you will do awesome, but I would say don't put a lot of weight into where you rank on the leaderboard because of just the broad scope of the open. And sure. there are 
so many super fit people out there across the globe. Um, and it doesn't necessarily define you as an athlete mm -hmm. uh, would be my other piece of advice. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I will more than likely be doing my open workouts at CrossFit Broadway. Uh, we run a Friday night lights event and our membership kind of gets thrown onto teams and each of us, six coaches each get a team of athletes. So we're up against all the other teams we each have, you know, fun t-shirts that each coach gets to design. And I'm pretty excited about my t-shirt. I haven't seen it yet, but, um, pretty looking forward to it, if you will. Um, so I will more than likely be doing it in there. If I'm doing any kind of redos or stuff like that, uh, there's a chance that I'm doing it at Lion's Den, backcountry. It just kind of depends on equipment requirements and space requirements. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, you know, you just mentioned that you, your team, all the teams of, of your gym, would have uh, cool t-shirts. Mm -hmm. I remember when, uh, when I was running track in college, you know, at the, some of these, uh, meets, you know, there'd be medals for places and this and that, especially like at the conference meet, Yep. your gold medal, your silver, your bronze, whatever. Um, we had a guy on our four by four relay team. He was a sprinter on our team and he would always come into the track season drastically undertrained. He would run really slow for his, for his potential. He would run very slow for his level um, at the beginning of the season. And somehow this kid would drop so much time in his races from the beginning of the season until the end. But I tell you what, if there was a meet where instead of getting a medal, t-shirts were awarded different color t-shirts like white, orange, and blue or whatever for the different places, you better bet he's going to, he's going to show up and he's going to show out for that t-shirt <laughs> because he cared more about getting the shirt than anything else. He wanted the shirts. He didn't want the medal and he would have his best races whenever there was a t-shirt <laughs> on the line. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. That's what I thought about when you said that, but you said there's a lot of fit people out there. Um, you know, if this is your first time doing this or if you're running a race or whatever, and it's your first time doing it, I love the idea to not set, you know, some sort of blanket expectation on yourself of like, Oh, I hope I do this well just for no particular reason. Um, and let that be kind of your, your, um, the bar that you set for yourself, however you do end up doing just by going out in there and trying to perform your best Yep. because there's always going to be, or hopefully I'm say it this way. Hopefully there was always someone out there who is fitter than you or smarter than you or whatever, because I never like to be the smartest person in the room or the fittest person in the gym because I always want something to chase. Yeah. And something to strive for um, and put myself around the people who are in the position that I would like to be in someday. So that I always have something that I'm chasing out there. Yeah. So. And just, you know, do your best, have fun. And like I said, early on, enjoy the community. Like this is probably the most fun that there is across the globe when it comes to the CrossFit community. Mm -hmm. uh, enjoy it. Uh, trash talk a little bit with your friends. It's, it's a good time. You know, I think from the people that I've been around, the clients that I've had the opportunity to work with, um, you know, always being involved in running and team sports and things. Uh, and just where I lived at the time, I never really ended up getting involved in a CrossFit gym or a CrossFit box. And I always thought I would really like it and, and like fit in well in that type of environment. From what I hear from people that participate in it, and from what I see with the people I get to work with, that is something that CrossFit as a whole, as a brand does really, really well is the community aspect mm -hmm. and the camaraderie that is built. Like, you know, I, I know people that have been going to the same gym for so long and they wouldn't even dream fathom leaving. Yeah. yeah. 
and you ask them why, and it has nothing to do with the exercise and it has everything to do with the people that they're around and just the community that's established. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, CrossFit's very effective as a fitness program, but yeah. there's a lot of really effective fitness programs out there. Right. Uh, but that, that community piece is what I think makes CrossFit CrossFit. I would, I would agree. Um, from what, from what I can tell from the outside, I think it does it better than any other fitness or sports or anything that, that I've, um, come across and without I've played a, a lot of them without a doubt. A lot of people tried <laughs> a lot, a lot, a of, lot people. of people. Tried. Um, so I think that about wraps it up on, on this episode, you know, all things CrossFit open related. Um, I just want you to remind if people haven't heard that previous episode yep. that you were on, yep. where can people get a hold of you if they want to find out more, if they want to, you know, just chat with you about CrossFit or hear something about the games. Maybe they're planning on qualifying this year and they'd like to pick your brain. Where can people find you, James? Sure. Uh, Instagram is probably the best place at James Stets, S-T-E-T-S. And then if you have like questions on really anything, you want to email me, james at physioroomco.com. And, you know, this is a saying in the CrossFit world, but you can find me on the leaderboard. Find me on the leaderboard. <laughs> you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever you get your podcast. You can find the code on there. Thank you guys again for tuning in and listening to this episode with Dr. James about the CrossFit Open. And we hope to have you back here sometime soon. Thanks so much. <laughs>